What comes to mind when you think of Australia? Is it the land down under by men at work? The Coriolis effect, whereby liquid drains spinning in the opposite direction down under than it does here above the equator? Or maybe it's any one of Crocodile Dundee, Paul Hogan, songstress Kylie Minogue, or crocodile hunter Steve Irwin that makes you think of the land of kangaroos and wallabies. Whatever it is you think of, Australia is in many ways very similar to and very different from Canada. In this episode, we chat with two fellas who hauled anchor from the Great Plains of Alberta and set sail for a new adventure in New South Wales on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Phil Paschke and Wade Kelly gave it all up to pursue a new direction in their lives. That direction led south and west from Edmonton, Alberta, in dramatic fashion, to a town in New South Wales, Australia, called Wagga Wagga. But I'll let Phil Paschke give you the lowdown on Wagga. Wagga is about 60,000 people or so, um, but it's kind of the major center in the area because, I mean, the next nearest city would be Canberra, which is two and a half hours drive away, and Sydney and Melbourne about five hours drive away. So Wagga kind of serves a fairly large rural area around it as well, um, as far as like the hospital and some of the stuff in town. I was chatting with a farmer at the market the other day, and they said it's a feeder area for about 200,000. Wow. So, so it's, it's the fourth largest city in New South Wales and the largest inland city in Australia. And it's a, it's a university town as well, right? To some degree. Um, there is a university, but the university is in several locations. So there's, um, I think, six different locations of CSU, which is the Charles Sturt University, which is where I go. And so this doesn't have the same kind of ownership as an American university city. So there's no, uh, there's no Friday Night Lights kind of feeling to it. <laughs> Uh, unless it's footy, I guess. <laughs> Australians are so into like when Canadians are like, oh, you know, we we're so into hockey. Nothing. We we've got nothing on Australians. If there's a if there's some kind of running or some kind of ball involved, <laughs> Australians are into it. If there's a, if there's something you can bet on, they're into it. Like the sports aren't presented during the news as the sports time is part of the news. This is like part of the fabric of Australian society. Their sports. They take it way more seriously than Canadians take like hockey and and football. And and everyone knows about it. I think in Canada to some degree, and I won't stereotype too much, but I think hockey tends to be more in the domain of men, not in all cases, certainly. Uh, in Australia, sport is shared by all, all genders. Everyone's like into it. And everyone's got their favorite team, their favorite sport. You either like NRL, which is National Rugby League, or you like... Mm-hmm. AFL. No, that's different. Is uh, is cricket a big thing over there? It is a big thing, yeah, and it goes on for days and days. <laughs> and 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 like the Melbourne Cricket Ground in Australia in in Melbourne is like a hundred thousand person venue, and that's one of four stadiums in Melbourne. Wow, it's massive. It's just crazy. Yeah, you've got cricket and you've got soccer. 
and you've got uh, two different types of rugby, and then there's AFL, which is a, a completely Australian growing up. You know, Australian football is completely its own thing. Nowhere else is it played. It's wild. And then there's field hockey. and It's crazy. Netball. What brought you guys to Australia? Um, I had an opportunity to come here uh, and study at the university to do my PhD. And um, was I qualified for uh, a good-sized scholarship that made it uh, too attractive to turn down. And so we thought, let's just go for it. So we packed up our house. We sold all our belongings, sold our house put stuff in storage, and we moved around the world with a couple suitcases and a bike box. <laughs> and how, I mean, obviously, Wade, you've got, you've got work to do. You, you're, you're doing the university thing. Phil, what's the, uh, what's the job situation like for an expat Canadian looking for work in Wagga Wagga? For me, I'm, I'm doing a lot of contract work. Um, I am able to, to work you know, full-time as part of the, the visa that Wade got as a, a PhD student. Um, but uh, I'm doing various contracts, uh, some at the university, um, doing some work for Wade's supervisor, and then some other uh, kind of website development contracts for a couple of institutes at the university that just need some help there. And I'm still doing some contract work for the uh, Windspear Center and Edmonton Symphony um, for their website stuff. So uh, between all that, it's got me pretty much full-time employed. So. What, um, what's been the hardest thing to adjust to in Australia? I think the lack of bacon has been a problem for us. <laughs> uh, so we've, we've uh, had to discover, using the help of another expat in Japan, how to make our own bacon. And uh, we found a place in Canberra, which is two and a half hours away, that has some pretty good bacon. So we order it from them. Um, you didn't realize that bacon was such an important part of your life back in Canada. <laughs> well, and, and to be clear, they have bacon here but it's just it's not what we would call bacon it's like ham yeah it's not cured it's just it's just smoked or they boil it for a little bit and then smoke it and it's a different cut as well it's not the streaky cut so um what's the most difficult thing though that's a that's certainly not the most difficult that's that's easy but (laughs) sometimes it's hard to to know you know because we moved from um you know a large city to a fairly small city and so you know some of the things that I feel like, oh, Australia, you know, I don't know if it's because it's Australia or because it's actually just a small city that doesn't have the same kinds of things that Edmonton had. Um, so some of it's the the culture shock, I guess, of moving to a small city, not just moving around the world. But yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm missing some of the, the, the things we had in Edmonton, like the Symphony and the Windsphere Center and, you know, lots of great places to, to have drinks and go out to eat and things like that. Um, but, you know, Melbourne's not so far away and we can get all those things there. So it's pretty expensive to live here and um, and the food is more expensive and so that's taking some adjusting. And so we go out a lot less because we're in a different financial situation as well. And so that's taken some major adjustment, I think, because we had to just kind of go back to being student mode hmm. where we have to think about everything that we buy. And that's, a, that's, I think, the biggest adjustment. And that's not a cultural one, that's a financial one. Um, well, it's also part, partly that we're only here for, you know, a, a, a set period of time or a relatively short period of time. We're, you know, not going to buy really nice stuff only to have to sell it in a couple of years. Yeah, of we're back to Ikea. That said, the food might be a little bit more expensive, but the quality of the produce is just amazing. So much stuff is grown in Australia that it's just, it's mind blowing. And, and lamb is so cheap and, you know, it's we have access to a really good quality products throughout the year, and that's kind of 
strange. Um, it's also strange that you can kind of cook based on season, right? Like in, in Canada, doing a hundred mile diet is I think a real challenge unless you really love turnips. <laughs> and, whereas in Australia, you know, the, 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 throughout the year, they're growing amazing food everywhere. It's just, it's so accessible. And, you know, I've never had uh, tomatoes that taste as good as the tomatoes here. Just incredible. We, we, ne we never had a garden together. And I grew up on an on a acreage and had a garden. And I hated it because we had to make so much potatoes. <laughs> uh, and it was a lot of work. And now I've got this small little garden spot. And it's remarkable the amount of produce we were able to get out of a small space. Um, and actually... You can grow almost about 12 months, well, 11, 10, 10, 11 months of the year, we can grow stuff. So I've still got herbs in my garden. I planted a winter garden, which is like Brussels sprouts and kale, more hardy stuff. Um, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool to be able to walk out your, 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 your back door and grab fresh rosemary. Do, um, do a lot of Wagons give you, or sorry, Wagarians give you a hard time about your accents and tease you for being Canadian? Uh, I think they like our accents. Like, they, I mean, you know, you never know that your own accent, I guess, sounds special. But, you know, I, I know one person said at one point, you know, not one of our friends, but somebody else we met that we sound like Hollywood movies, essentially. <laughs> That's like the accent that they kind of, you know, see us as having as the same as, as I don't know, I guess, you know, Bradley Cooper or something. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a middle America. Well, and, uh, so I don't know, we get, we get teased a little bit and, you know, we're complaining right now because our house is cold and they're like, Oh, I thought you were from Canada where it gets down to minus 40. And you know, like you should be able to, to take this and like, yeah, but we also have central heat. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people confuse our accents, um, though. They're, they're very respectful. Australians are, are, like, generally, they don't jump and say, are, are you American? I've been asked a few times, what state are you from? Um, typically, people go, they kind of look at you and go, Canadian, American? And then you answer and you go, Canadian. And they go, oh, okay, good. Because <laughs> they understand what it's like to be accused of being uh, a Kiwi. And so I think they've got that sensitivity there. Um, uh, we often get confused for Irish and that one it's happened so many times and it confuses me to know and because we sound nothing like the Irish as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so tell me about the giant insects because I understand that they are horrific. Uh, have you had any crazy bug encounters? Uh, we haven't had too many bad ones yet. Um, I mean we live in in the city so I don't think we get quite the variety of large spiders that you would get on the kind of outskirts or out in the country a little bit more. We've had a, a couple of redbacks in the yard, which are fairly poisonous. I think we had a, a huntsman or a small huntsman, uh, which you accidentally killed because they're good to have. They drive away the other ones. Oh, I accidentally killed it. I felt yeah. really bad because in Australia, they call huntsman's house spiders because if you've got one in your house, you just let it live in your house because it'll kill the really bad ones. It eats the, the venomous, the dangerous ones, and it's not, it, it'll bite you, but it won't kill you. So No, it's not, I mean, it's not poisonous or venomous right. uh, to, yeah, to humans. So, but it, it is quite large, so it's a little bit freaky to see one. Like they can be the size of a saucer, and oh that's terrifying being from Canada. Snakes, we don't see very many of those at all. Um, yeah, I haven't saw, seen anything. <laughs> we thought we saw a snake, and, and you know, Wade took like a photo of it you know, with his phone from, you know, as, as close as he's willing to get. A safe distance. And uh, and then, you know, we showed it to me like, look at this that we saw. What is it? And they're like, oh, well, that's a legless lizard, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, who knew that was a thing? And to me, a legless lizard pretty much sounds like a snake. So I don't know. It looked like one, too. They're, yeah, ter still terrifying. 
Cool wildlife is the the thing that I think blows me away the most that a lot of Australians wouldn't or a lot of travelers wouldn't see in Australia um, if they just saw the big cities. Um, and that's one of the cool things about living in a rural community is the amount of bird life. It is just stunning to have to be sitting in your living room and looking at the tree and see like two or three different types of parrots. It's and very colorful and majestic and just stunning. And parrots live like seventy years. Like it's it's a, a the bird life is so very different here. It's just remarkable. Tell me a little bit about what what are some of the things that you're other than friends and family. What are some of the things you're missing about? Canada, other than friends, family, and bacon. Coffee crisp. <laughs> Coffee crisp. Uh, hickory sticks. Um, I think I'm missing the big city and kind of the attitudes that come along with that. Um, I think that Canada socially is, I would say, probably 10, if not 20 years ahead of Australia. Um and so with regards to being a gay couple in Australia where gay marriage isn't legal and there's just so there's so many rights that gay people don't have in Australia. There's so much there's so much ground to make up. Um, that's a bit strange for me. Um, and even we went to a, an International Women's Day event and, and it was uh, a panel because that's what they do is panels. And it, it was it was challenging to sit through it because it was such a it was such a surface arguments that were being made. And there were the kind of arguments that in Canada, I think we'd kind of dealt with in the nineties. And so that's really interesting, but you got to keep on remembering like Australia actively resists, um, kind of foreign involvement. They, they have a very strong national identity and national pride. And, and the, there's this resistance to change things just because other people are changing things. I'm really <laughs> missing snow. Uh, not really, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I actually like, you know, winter for a um, relatively short period of time. I mean, if, if winter in Edmonton was two months, then I think I would miss it. But knowing that it's often six months, I, I can't say I miss it. So that's a non-answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> I miss the, like, right now we're watching all the festivals and things go on in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And that's such, such a part of our lives. In the summer, we do so many different festivals and activities and outings. And it, to, to see everyone posting on Facebook and, and, and Instagram and Twitter that, that they're having all these fun things. And there's things that we're used to going to and doing and, and music festivals and that's that's a bit challenging for me at this time of the year. And and also it's a little colder here, but there's been days like even the last week where Edmonton and and Wagga have had the exact same weather. So yeah, I don't know. There's there's it's the little things I think that you miss. I think it's like the you've got this network of family and friends, but you also have this network of acquaintances because you've lived in a city for so long and it's um both Phil and I worked downtown. And you just randomly run into people and say, oh, let's go for a drink after work. And, and you can do that. Um, here, our network is a lot smaller. And um, and so that's a bit of a challenge, just reorienting ourselves and, and rebuilding networks. I, I think, uh, Wade, you and I might have been chatting over the Apple computer. <laughs> um, and you said that uh, Wagarians don't, they're pretty serious about the name of their town. They don't like it when people make fun of it. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the people of Wagga and, uh, you know, where that sort of sense of pride comes from? Well, Wagga Wagga is a uh, Wiradjuri uh, uh, word. Uh, Wagga means uh, crows. And when in, in that language and uh, several Aboriginal languages in Australia, when words are repeated, it basically means lots of it, basically pluralizes it. So this is like a place of many crows or lots of crows. 
Although I've also heard that it, it is better interpreted as like just more of a meeting place, like a meeting place for crows. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody else was, was telling me that recently. So anyhow, um, yeah, I think, well, it's, it's this weird thing. And I think maybe we, you know, um, had some of that in Edmonton too, where a lot of people ask us like, oh, why did you come here? Like, why would you ever come to Wagga? You know, there is that like, oh, it's kind of a country town and, and good people get up and go to Sydney and Melbourne, right? And those are kind of the big the big draws in Australia. And I think Edmonton experienced a bit of that self, self-loathing as well for a long time. And, you know, it's changing now. Um, so, yeah, you get this mix of like, yeah, like Wagga has good things going for it. And I'm proud to be here. And other people who are like, oh, like, really? I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah, I think it's that like the good people the good people leave or people don't come to Wagga. They stay in Wagga. They grow up here. They live here. That's, that's who comes to Wagga or right. No one comes to Wagga to stay. And so I was at the coffee shop the other day with my supervisor and, um, uh, and the, the person behind the counter heard our accents, asked where we're from. We go Canada and so, Oh, are you visiting? And we didn't know we live here. Um, my supervisor has been here for a number of years and, um, she'll likely be here for a number of years more. And um, the, the woman says, but why Wagga? And I was like, well, you know, you, you explain it again. And goes, but I understand, like, why would you, why would you go to Wagga? And it's like, ah. Uh. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, for us, culturally, it's been a fantastic change to, to go from a big city to a small city to have to kind of, you, you, you lose your identity. So in Edmonton, I think Phil and I knew a lot of people and we built up our network. And, and that's great. Love it. I'm excited to go back and reconnect and visit with everyone. Um, but it's kind of like proving it to yourself when you can leave all that and, and make your way through life and, and rebuild and, 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 and prove to yourself that, yeah, you can still, you're not too old to, to make friends, right? And meet new people and try new things and, um, you know, have to mow a lawn <laughs> and, and, and be, be joyous and not having to remove snow from things. It's a bit surreal, actually. And the people there are, are super. Are, are they friendly? Are they, uh, you know, do, are they salt to the earth? Like, how would you describe uh, the people of of Wagga? I, I think in general they're quite friendly, and yeah, they're yeah. It's a more of a rural area, and so there are a lot of you know people who've grown up in that kind of context, and like you say, salt to the earth, and you know, down to earth, and and simple folk. Not not mentally simple, you know, but you know, like they don't have, um, you know, they're not elites and they don't have. Uh... They a lot of Australians after they finish high school, they call that year twelve. When they finish year twelve, they they go travel. They take their gap year and they'll go travel around the world and uh, or travel to one country or whatever. And most often it's like Bali or something like that. And so while some of them are, are traveled, then they come back here and then they start living their lives here. And so um, I think Phil's pretty much right on the, the nose there. Not a lot of diversity ethnically here. Um, we've met a few people who are uh, not straight, but that's um, certainly not, there's not a large gay community here. There's a word in Australia, which I think Canadians could probably adopt called bogan. Um, and Bogan is like a description of someone who is like, it's, a, it's like a mixture of redneck and kind of redneck, I hate to say white trash, but you know, yeah, basically like, though, kind of trailer park 
know. Yeah, but it's not like it's, it's it's so someone might identify as bogan, and then other people might identify them as bogan. But I don't think it's a a, a de, derisive. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's True. not. It's derogatory depending on who's using it, I suppose. Right. <laughs> right. It's like rednecks have claimed that I'm a redneck, right? Uh, and so there's there's some bogan people, and you quickly uh, and you can de- definitely hear a difference in accent. Um, people who are a little more on the bogan side of things tend to have a thicker accent, um, and you know their their lives are are consist of football and drinking and going to work and, and their ute and their ute their utility vehicle, which we would call like an El Camino, like a a converted car truck. They're they're all over the place. <laughs> It's very weird, but they're nice people. You might not understand a word that they say, but they're they're nice people, and they're interested in asking Canadians questions. Typically, uh, the the questions, uh, depending on the type of person, uh, range dramatically. My one of my favorite questions when I first got here, I went to a hair place, and the person who's doing my hair, she's like, "So, what are salons like in Canada?" And I thought that is the strangest, like, what a bizarre. <laughs> I said, they're like this. It's like this. No, there's no difference, really. In Canada, they have scissors for hands. <laughs> that Edward Scissors Hands movie was a documentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, you know, in Canada, at the end of our hair appointment, we have to tip. That's the big difference. God, it's so great not to tip. That's one huge thing I'm going to miss about not being in Australia. Everything's included in the price, and you don't have to tip. It's great. Earlier, Wade and Phil, you guys had mentioned um, that Australian society is maybe a little behind Canada in terms of social progress and specifically talked about your experiences as a gay couple. What has, do you like, are you, do you guys feel comfortable uh, showing affection out in public or do Australians react negatively to that sort of thing? I think it would depend where you are. I don't think Phil and I feel comfortable showing affection in Edmonton on 107th street uh, 107th Ave. 107th Ave. Sorry. 107th Street is fine. It's, fine. it's totally fine. <laughs> uh, you know, at 11 o'clock at night. So uh, it's a hard thing to to say that. I think generally people, um, uh, when I've used the word husband, they kind of go, "Is that? You, can you do that?" Like there's there's this inquisitiveness about about what that looks like in Canada, and then there's often questions about the wedding um, because people in Australia, gay people can't get married here and and there's a lot of just practical questions about what that what does that look like how how does a gay wedding different than uh um, than a traditional heterosexual wedding yeah and i think it's it's not so much that the, the people are that are that much behind canada like i think the sensibilities of australians are very similar to Canadians as as far as social issues. It's just the political system, for whatever reason, is that much more behind Canada. Like for right. some reason, even though you know same sex marriage has like seventy percent support now across, like it's still this huge, huge issue in the Parliament because you know there's certain lobby groups that hold sway over a, a good portion of the uh, the politicians. So. Yeah, I think it's it's not so much the sensibilities; it's it's more the political process around some of those issues that is is a decade or more behind. It's also incredibly bureaucratic here. Like like, if you can imagine in Canada the most bureaucratic thing you've ever encountered, like say it's like applying for a funding scholarship, university, you know, getting a passport, whatever. If you times that by about five, that's where you'd be at in in Australia. Like even even applying for a job here is just incredibly onerous. 
um, huge application forms. Uh, it, it's uh, and so part of that, you know, when that's what the system is for for things to change, it, there's these layers and layers of bureaucracy, and so change is quite slow here. What do you do for entertainment? I mean, there's a few cool places to go. There's a local brew pub called the Thirsty Crow. They've got really, really good beer. Um, and it's kind of a cool place. Uh, there's another couple of places. And then there's a lot of pubs that are all quite similar. And most of them have a similar selection of, you know, your basic Australian versions of Budweiser, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So those are the kinds of places we tend to hang out. There's like this Australian pub culture that exists, which is so different than anything in Canada, and and everyone's allowed there. It's not it's not like an eighteen plus thing. So it's like if if you imagine something like Hudson's, but no, not Hudson's. Uh, I can't think of a good example. Like with the decor of nineteen oh five. Okay. Right. Yeah. Kind of decor like carpet, like tables, um, and like really bar food menus. Um, every single, every single pub has a chicken parm. Uh, th that's like the national dish of Australia. Weird. You can get that anywhere. And, um, and, and there's kids, there's people of all ages that go to these places. And so we went to one last night and, you know, it's, I think we were there around nine, eight or nine o'clock and, you know, there's families hanging out on a Saturday night. There's a uh, live bands are a big thing here. They all play the same cover songs. Um, <laughs> But but it's a thing, right? Like, and it's kind of fun. So so it's it's very different for us because we're we're used to, um, you know, in Edmonton because of Phil's job. Often on weekends we were going to cultural events, and those just don't really exist here. So um, although last night we went and saw a comedian um, who's from Tasmania who's touring, and it was a lot of fun and and funny and enjoyable. There's an amazing art gallery here that has incredible touring shows. Um, that's part of a national network of art galleries. And so there, there are some vestiges of, of culture that we get access to. But frankly, most weekends, most weeknights as well, we're at home. We have people over a lot. People, you know, you barbecue, you've got the outdoor space. Um, so, uh, you know, that's I think what most people do is just hang out at home, invite friends over. I don't think it's very different than any other small town in Canada either. Throw another shrimp on the barbie, as they say. Wade's right. It's not much different from the way that we do it here in Canada. It's about living your life, building community, and being part of the place that you're living in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's create this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.